You are Locked On the NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome, everybody, to your favorite day of the week. I am Anthony Irwin. I am back from the hospital. <laughs> I've been in the hospital. My poor wife was in labor for 36 hours. Adam, I'm, I'm going to be a little goofy. I'm just warning you. <laughs> yes, I, you didn't have to be in the hospital for that long for me to know this one, Anthony. <laughs> I want to know, like, is there a circumstance that I wouldn't be goofy? Like, <laughs> I don't think there is. I, there, that, knowing you, I don't think there is. But I do want to say congratulations. Thanks, Welcome to, to fatherhood. Welcome to the club. Yeah. This I is wild. I, this has been crazy. I I randomly got, like, emotional last night, like, just walking across the threshold with, with my daughter. It was the weirdest thing. I've been a wreck. I've been so tired. <laughs> yeah. You get you, a lot of those. You got it. All right. I told the story on Locked On Lakers, so if you guys want to listen to it and listen to Harrison react to it especially, you guys will you guys will enjoy that. But here's the story. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. So the theme to the the theme to the uh to the Lakers offseason this year was that they waited out Kai uh, Kawhi and then decided, you know, and then he decided not to be a Laker and they, you know, they they <laughs> kind of they they scrambled and were able to piece together a team or whatever. But I still would say that the process leading into that was right, right? It, was, it made sense. You, you, if you think you have a chance at Kawhi Leonard, you wait that out. And then, you know, even if it means you miss out on D'Angelo Russell in free agency, like that's just, that's just a chance you take, right? So when we got there on Saturday morning, my okay. wife, my wife uh, her blood pressure was up. Jen's blood pressure was up. And they just said, look, your blood pressure isn't going to get any better. It's time to probably induce it. This is this, you know, it's only going to get worse from here. Much like marriage. And so she goes, so she goes, okay, great. And they asked, would you prefer a natural or a C-section birth? And she said, I'd prefer natural. And they said, we agree. Perfect. So everybody was all on the same page there. They, they start the induction process and she's just, like I said, 36, 36 hours. And finally in the the 36th hour, uh, she started to get a bit of a fever. The, our daughter's, uh, Pulse was all over the place, you know, and they said, look, I'm sorry, but it looks like we're going to have to do a C-section. And my wife was was pretty down in the dumps. And she goes, she goes, God, we waited all that time and, and all that, you know, it was all for nothing and, and all this and that. And she was she was pretty down. And I said, look, Jen, this reminds me of the Lakers offseason. Oh, my God. This is the, <laughs> this is the speech you gave. My goodness. I'm, I'm sitting here on the edge of my seat waiting for this story to unfold. And this is the payoff. Oh, my God. Oh my goodness! Okay, so you're still married? <laughs> barely, barely. Okay, <laughs> barely. So she goes, she goes. The the face that she makes when I said Lakers off season was like I said I said earlier. She, it looked like remorse on her face. Like this. <laughs> it's like I'm bringing a child. This guy's child into the world. This, this is, is what I decided. I help this man reproduce. Yeah. <laughs> well. <laughs> Well, there you go, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> it was worse that I, I kept telling the, the – I kept giving the analogy. Like the, and the, the further I went in this analogy that like, no, the process mattered and, and, and it was the right move. And even if it feels like a waste of time, the possibility of having a natural birth was actually the right call. And, and look, either way, we're still going to have a successful offseason. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> So, did you name your daughter Anthony Davis? Is, is that what that <laughs> No, I named her uh, Danny Green. It's Danny Green oh, okay. Irwin okay. and uh, okay. yeah. oh. Demarcus Cousins. Um, no, that was wow. So, yeah, I I legit 
You are a truly awful person, and I say I, I say that as somebody who loves you deeply. <laughs> I don't know what came over me. <laughs> I registered like after, yeah. after thinking about this, after like giving the analogy, and literally five minutes later, I realized, oh yeah, that was an awful idea. That was now to be fair, that that day is very taxing. You're not your it's best like one self. In the I mean, that's like a quadruple overtime moment. Yeah. You know, you can't like, blame somebody like for playing, the error. It's like playing a doubleheader, and the second game of that doubleheader is a championship game, and your teammates are telling you to dig deeper, and you just can't. <sighs> the metaphors just keep coming. I mean, this is incredible. This is, <laughs> there's no shortage of birthing metaphors, basketball crossover <laughs> metaphors from Anthony. I have a problem. Um, so, yeah, that's, that, was, that, was my, that was my last few days, and uh, I'm looking currently for another place to live. Um, so. <laughs> so if anybody knows of a place, <laughs> if you guys have any ideas, David, if you have a couch, Adam, you can, you have a nice basement. I'll just I'll just come back. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> today's show is not going to be all about that, though. I just had to tell that story because it's so perfectly me. It's such a terrible. <laughs> it's such a terrible. It's a good one. Me. It's a good one. Um, today's show, we are going to talk about Mello. We were going to talk about <laughs> Team USA. And and he apparently asked to be on the team. Now, I, again, I've been out for five days now. I haven't heard anything. <laughs> you told me that he apparently asked to be on the team and nothing, right? He was turned down by Jerry Colangelo and his huge callers or his son's huge callers. Well, Chris Mannix is the first to report it, so I don't want to take credit for this. I actually just read an aggregated story of Chris Mannix's, mm-hmm. so well, let's, let's, this, this game of telephone here, but – um, but yeah, he, he allegedly had interest and he was turned down there as well as by every other team in the NBA. So we want to talk, uh, we just want to have a mellow conversation. We're going to, and then finally in the, in, he was on ESPN with Stephen A. Smith and apparently said that he wants a farewell tour to which everybody laughed. Like yeah. I, I haven't seen, he was just openly and, and vitriolically mocked for wanting that. Right. He's a hall of famer. Well, let me, let me say, I watched the Stephen A. Well, I watched the parts that were online. I didn't watch it when it was live, and so you only get the clips in like different segments, right? Yeah. So, I, but from what I saw of it, he was incredibly, he was different than I think any other in. interview I've mm-hmm. seen. And you know, we had him here in Denver, obviously in his younger years, but I thought he was very reflective. And the part that really stuck out to me in his conversation with Stephen A. Stephen A. shared the comment that Chauncey Billups made, which was. When he was younger, mm-hmm. when in 2009 even, that year yeah. that Denver made the run to the Western Conference Finals, he was more concerned with scoring 30 than he was with winning, to which Carmelo was not at all defensive. And I was very – I was both impressed with his response to it and just with how candid he was. He talked about, you know what? I know what he means by that because there were – he's right. I was yeah. younger and there were certain priorities that I did, had mixed up and I just – it was interesting to hear Carmelo be so open and reflective, and and I thought throughout most of the interview, I didn't agree with everything he said in the interview, but yeah. I thought he he very clearly had seen some seemed like somebody who was trying to catch up and gain perspective on everything, yeah. um, and where he is at the moment. These kinds of things happen so fast, mm-hmm. like they happen fast to us on the outside looking in. Imagine how fast it happens to a superstar, like when you're going through yeah. it. That's just. So anyway, so in the second segment, we're going to throw to a break here here in a second. Uh, in the second segment, we're going to have the Carmelo Anthony conversation. In the third segment, Adam – I have never seen Adam this excited for a topic. Very excited. I have never seen him he, – he put this together on the fly. He is stoked about it. So make sure you guys stick around. The third segment, we're going to talk about current NBA players who deserve a, uh, a, a farewell tour. We're going to have three categories. You're either going to get the farewell tour – you're going to have the Carmelo Anthony exit from the league, 
or you're going to do the Joe, Joe Johnson route <laughs> where you're in maybe the big, leave a little bit early, you're but you're going to go dominate the big three. You're in the big three just a little ahead of time. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's going to be the third segment so hang tight when we come back we're going to talk about this mellow thing because it's fascinating on on, on multiple levels uh, and and we're going to try to flush all of them out so hang tight so i was trying to figure this out usually i'm i'm contrarian enough to to wonder this have has, has it gone too far in the other direction with mellow right where not only are people mocking, it's one thing to mark, mark, mock what a player is right now, what, what Carmelo with Anthony is right now, yeah. whether or not he would help your team, because I think that's where a lot of this is coming from right now. But even to, to have a conversation as to whether or not he's a Hall of Famer, like that's wild to me. This yeah. shouldn't even be a question. I think he is a prime example of a player who is being graded based on today's standards but he played in an era that was largely yesterday's standard. So mm-hmm. he was very good at a style of basketball that has become antiquated. Yeah. And he's one of the players that didn't evolve with it. I mean, there's real issues to Carmelo's career and how it unfolded, opportunities he passed up, even just leaving Denver at like the peak of that. They were at the best version of themselves yeah. and he left to go to the worst version of the Knicks. Mm-hmm. So there, he made some interesting decisions. And made them worse. Like by, and made the them worse by left. how he did it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So he was sort of on the wrong end of a lot of those things. But if we just grade Carmelo Anthony from what he was from 2003 to 2011, 12, mm-hmm. you know, he was a really good player and he was really good at the types of things that players were trying to do. I mean, one-on-one scoring, the mid-range, getting open in from that mid-range and knocking down contested shots. He had such a good inside-outside game. And for a player his size, I was hearing some people talk about him the other day, and somebody compared him to Jason Tatum, and somebody said, oh, yeah, but Melo was a lot quicker. And I was thinking, like, Jason Tatum's real thin. Carmelo's always been pretty big, even mm-hmm. a little round. But he's right. Yeah. Melo had that body while also just being lightning quick with his first step. And yeah. he was he was a heck of, a, of an offensive talent. And I think, yeah, his warts haven't aged well. But sometimes you have to remember to put them within the context for when they were playing. And, and for him, he was a heck of a player for many years. He's one of the best college basketball players I have ever seen. Ever. Yeah. He was just unreal. He was ready. Think about, think about how good a basketball player you have to be to come out of Syracuse and still be good in the NBA. Yeah. There are, yeah. No, there are precious few <laughs> what, a, what a nice burn. <laughs> there are precious few Syracuse players who went on to have any success in the NBA. But without, with, with, without looking it up, though, how many points did he score per game as a rookie, would you guess? 20. On a team that made the playoffs. 23. Well, you, you overshot it then, so you ruined my, my whole take here, Anthony, as you always do. No, he's 21 points per game, which is a heck of a lot. Again, oh, 21 was... points per game as a 19-year-old rookie on a playoff team in the Western, in a very good let's, competitive Western Let's conference. try that again. So, we'll, we'll just edit the, the last one out. So ask me that, ask me that <laughs> yeah. question again. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. 23, you asked. Sorry. <laughs> no, Car- Carmelo was a heck of a player, and, and, and I, those first years in the NBA, um, you know, he was dynamic. That 2009 – run to the Western Conference, it's kind of become a meme now where people always share the the video of him and Kobe battling in the post, but that's what kind of player he was. The mm-hmm. more the league was a one-on-one game, the better he was because he was a heck of a one-on-one player. Now, I do think we have to offer up the other side of this, right? And I think okay. what, what, what I have a problem with when I talk when I hear Carmelo Anthony and when I hear the conversation about Carmelo Anthony isn't about him as a basketball player. There's something... I take issue with almost on a personal level when 
he knows, I think, and he's always kind of known what he needs to be in order to be conducive to winning beyond himself, right? Yeah. We saw it when he was on that Olympic team. He was at, he was a huge part. Olympic mellow is an actual thing. It, he deserves well, for a one reputation. for one the three point line being shorter because he was an elite yeah. mid range shooter. Mm-hmm. Not always the numbers weren't always great for him as a three point shooter, but that in between zone, yeah, that was his spot. But he he kind of he kind of knows he he by playing on that team by be by being surrounded by so many great players he knows what it takes to be that kind of successful right and and Mm -hmm. and be a part of that kind of a team and yet still just refuse to to change his game when he when he got to his own team when he came to the nba he was so focused on not just it's not it's one thing to to care deeply about winning everybody does most the vast majority of nba players care deeply about winning but to care more about what you do and how you go about that winning than the winning itself that's where i run into a problem and i think for the the majority of Carmelo's the set the back half of as soon as he left Denver really as soon as he left Denver and went to New York that was his priority and and that's where I have a problem with him right now years after the fact when we're yeah. just talking about legacy as a player and all that and and, and individual talent it, it'll be easier to look back on him as the individual player but right now we're while we're still so close to it and he's still trying to fight his way into the NBA that's where I'm like no man you so long as you contend deeply that you – he said he would have been willing to come off the bench for Billy Donovan had he asked. He mocked it openly. Like that's, yeah. just, a, that's just a lie. Who, me? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think you're right about that part of it. Um, I, I, I don't think he was as open to it or would have been as receptive yeah. as, as, as he tried to, to make it, it seem. It, <laughs> is, it is easy to say it and he's learning it now. But that really was – that's that's not – he's not the first person to fall victim to this. No, of course There's not. a lot of players who – you know, they see themselves as the player they always were, and yeah. they're just not malleable. And some players shouldn't be malleable. Like LeBron James has made a career out of turning every team into the same version of the team yeah. that he's always on because he's so great he can get away with it. Right. Or Carmelo is really close to being that great, yeah. but not that great. And, right. and 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 it's easy to understand why he would think he is over the threshold for that, but he's not. And he's not the first one. Allen Iverson fell off the face of the earth. Remember, yep. he retired like four years after he had played his last game in the NBA because right. for those four years he kept thinking someone's going to pick me up. Right. It happens a lot to a lot of players and unfortunately for him i just don't think he was um he he was as open or as even um just just didn't quite realize where he fit in everybody has to be basketball is is becoming increasingly a team sport even at the nba level and everybody has to excel in their role his role changed sometime around 2012 and and he he didn't evolve with it Melo and iverson were on the same nuggets team right they were of course it it's in i would love to hear a conversation with with just those guys talking about this stage of their career when they just thought, Oh yeah, eventually some team's going to call me. Eventually some team's going to call me and want me to play the role that I'm, I'm, I know I'm still capable of playing. I would love to hear that conversation between those two guys. And then maybe compare that, have, have like Vince Carter in the room as the other, the other end of that spectrum. And Vince say, Carter, a plus example of this. Cause yeah. you would have never have guessed, honestly, 10, 10 years ago, you would have never guessed, you know what? Vince Carter's going to evolve into this very low usage, multi-tool role. Like, yeah. You would have never guessed that, no. but he did. And he did a very good job of it. Yeah. I would love to hear just a conversation with those three guys and, and have Carter say like, no, I, I, this is how I knew how to stay in the league. Carter just got another deal with Atlanta. Another one, <laughs> you know? Yeah. 
All right, that'll do it for for Mellow Talk. We're going to let this segue, though, into because, again, he... Oh, this is going to be fun. He asked for a farewell tour and was just openly and and just very brazenly mocked. Rightfully so. He's not going to... He's burned too many bridges to, to, to get a farewell tour. And there are going to be examples. He uh, might have got a farewell tour three years ago. Maybe. Like if if he, three years ago, if he said, you know what, I'm done. Yeah. He might have been able to go maybe. come back to Denver, who was yeah. winning 33 games at the time and, yeah, played yeah. one season. <laughs> Do you think Denver wel- would have welcomed him back, though? Like the- Three seasons ago, it's hard to remember. But Denver, you know, Denver was awfully young, and I yeah. think they would have. They also had the worst attendance. So I think they would have taken him three years ago. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough to ask for a farewell, farewell tour when you're not in the NBA. It turns out. <laughs> point it's kind of tough to <laughs> maybe get on a team and then say all right this is it i'm hanging let's up go to break because i want to talk about all these <laughs> okay. guys and if they're going to get one or not <laughs> all right so we got three categories set this up you're so, you so the, stoked you get on the, this the, oh i'm so stoked you get the full farewell tour uh-huh. you know the dirk Dwayne wade whatever you get the fall off the earth like carmelo uh-huh. iverson there's been a couple others or you get the, you know what, screw this, I'm going to the big three, <laughs> and I'm just going to dominate the big three a year early. And you have to tell me which category these guys fall into. You right. ready? Yeah, I'm ready. All I'm right. ready. Wait, LeBron before James. we go, before we go, I want to announce my, I would like to have a farewell tour on, on Top Chef. America's Top Chef. <laughs> I want you guys, I, I'm going to go across the nation. I'm going to cook in all you guys' restaurants. I want jerseys and gifts waiting for me at the doors. A farewell tour across all industries would be pretty cool. That'd be... <laughs> <laughs> Is there anybody who could pull that off? I don't know. Josh might have been able to. He was so liked in the NBA. He actually was a good cook, apparently, too. He was really, really? Cook. interesting guy. Yeah. All right, all LeBron right. James. <laughs> farewell tour. Okay, let me ask this, though, because you're right. Of course, LeBron's going to yeah. have a farewell tour. He's like one of the most iconic players ever. Yeah. What are the odds that it's actually not a great farewell tour? Because you think about Let me set the table here. Typically, the farewell tour would be in Cleveland, mm-hmm. and a lot of rumors that he's going to go back to Cleveland at some point. Yeah. Cleveland is a rebuilding team now. Mm-hmm. In three years, might not they be. might they might see themselves as, hey, we're kind of good, and LeBron over here, I don't know. Yeah, especially if because you know the thing that Kobe Four ran into it, the thing that Kobe ran into with his farewell tour was not quite that same kind of thing. Yeah, kind of was though. But you know. He did stint D'Angelo Russell's growth. Oh, no doubt about it. It, it didn't. It didn't. It was. It was pretty frustrating to watch. Kobe. That was. With a, that was like thir- one of the early phases of dysfunction for this iteration. <laughs> of the, Byron of Scott the was sitting there just like yelling at D'Angelo Russell for not giving the ball to Kobe. It was uh, wild. It was a really odd thing. Kobe had like a thirty-five percent usage rate that season. Maybe the worst season ever <laughs> before yeah. that sixty-point game. I, and yeah. I, could see I think LeBron. I think LeBron has a farewell tour, but I predict it is is kind of um, it's kind of a mixed bag farewell tour. I think it's a weird one. I think he yeah. has a weird farewell tour. It might um, be. It might be. It's, what kind of a team do you have to be on to to have a farewell tour? Because this is a specific thing. You can't be on a contender, right? Because yeah. you, if you're on a contender, the focus is contention is is competing. Yeah. Yep, for sure. You, you can't be on a rebuilding team because the focus has to be rebuilding. You kind of have to be like that Dirk season last year and even Wade last year was perfect because both those teams were at – they kind of knew what they were. Neither yeah. <laughs> neither team uh, – all right, yeah, we have Doncic and he's going to be good. But, yeah, you know, we're, we're not going to yeah, exactly. be that great. We'll be all right. 
I don't think LeBron can do a farewell tour in Miami. I just don't think the Miami fan base ever like really grabbed onto him specifically yeah. that way. And they did one for Wade. I don't think he can do it with the Lakers. And so Cleveland is really the option. And like you said, we got they got to be in that right moment, or he's got to fit the roster that they've built. Yeah, you know, for him to fit in. I don't know. Um, let's move on though. Yeah, Russell Westbrook. When he late when he wraps him up, does he get a farewell tour? Yeah, I I think, I think. OKC will still be in early enough a rebuilding phase where they would welcome him back and he could do all that stuff. Man, Westbrook, I don't think he retires for a while. So I, you don't think who so? knows? Westbrook? No. I mean, he's young. He's, he's not that old. Players play till they're like 37, 38. He's, I, I, he's, he's 30 plus, isn't he? Is he really? I, I don't know. Maybe I'm like wrong with this. I, 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 I might be completely wrong here, though. I think I think the timing works out. He's thirty, so I, I think it's too far away to predict yeah. that he would go back to OKC. But I do think he's an iconic player. Yeah, especially for OKC. Yeah, especially I see. for that team. He was their he was their first star who did not leave willingly. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> um. How about Mark Gasol? No. I don't see, see, I it. think he does. The only way it's I a can... mini one. It's a mini one. Does the league care enough about Mark Gasol? I think it's a mini one, but I think there's a little bit of a, you know, we love this guy. He won a championship. It's grit and grind. They but had a name. Pow is better than Mark, and he's not going to get one. Yeah, but there's no name for Pow. The grit and grind was Mark Gasol and Mike Conley. That was, yeah, they had a name. I don't, I don't see it. I, I don't see I, think, it. I, I see him. I don't see him doing like a face of the earth kind of thing, but I think he just he just retires, and that's it. You know so how you many think players just have just retired without yeah. a, a, a farewell tour? <laughs> yeah, he's, Marc Gasol is definitely not going to the big three. Um, <laughs> no. What about Kyrie Irving? This, this guy, this one's young. He's got a ways, I think, maybe. <laughs> he falls off the face of the planet, which is ironic <laughs> because he thinks the planet is, is such that you can fall off of it. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> I, no, I think this. I think there's no way. I don't know if Kyrie's going to be like loved by any fan base by the time it's all said and done. I think. I think Cavs fans enjoy the memory, but I don't think they're like, "Oh man, we need Kyrie back." No, I don't. Yeah, I mean, you have to. I think you have to have spent a good twelve years with a team. Yeah. In order to to get that fan base to really feel, you know, throw their weight behind. Yeah, that guy was our guy. You know, we watched him from. When when you only are there for how long was he there? Maybe five years, six years. Yeah, ah. four, yeah, four or five. Yeah, I don't remember. That's five, not yeah. that's not long enough. Um, so I think Kyrie's a big three player, though. I think he's. I think there's one <laughs> year where he's like waiting by the phone, nobody calls, and then I think he goes to the big three. I think I'd watch he, that. I would yeah. watch that. I think he's uh, he, he's he has such great handles that he'll be able to do that forever. He's going to restart the N one tour. <laughs> <laughs> Steph Curry. Oh, absolutely. This is the number one farewell. Are you kidding? The Steph Curry farewell tour is going to be elite. He could start it now. <laughs> <laughs> the disrespect coming up. No, no, I don't mean. I don't mean like he's, he's fast. No, I mean like he could say, "I'm going to retire seven years from now," and yeah. the Warriors fans will like love every last home game for the next seven years. Yeah, He's Curry's so, Curry's farewell tour is going to be incredible. Yeah, it's going to be almost as big as like the 2015 season. Um, it's going to be a big time one. James Harden. Yes, but I think a lot of people will like begrudgingly. All right, congratulations, James. I don't. No, I don't. I don't see it, man. I think wow. he. I think he. I think he kind of fades away. Why? Houston is- loves him. Yeah. I don't know that he's going to be in Houston his entire career. He just doesn't, doesn't feel like he will always be there. Yeah. And at some point, 
like James Harden joins the Lakers, you don't ever like love him. You're kind of like, okay, it's a thing that helps us. <laughs> I'm giving him a farewell tour if he's a yeah. Laker. <laughs> <laughs> if he's a Laker, that is the farewell tour. Yeah. Um, what about uh, Kemba Walker? No. No. Had but where he... does he fit into? He can fit into one of the other categories. Big three. You think he's a big th- – yeah. He's a he's, yeah, New York guy. Yeah, and he's small. So, Rucker like, Park guy. The small small players kind of fall off more quickly than others, obviously. Oh, right? Yeah. We, we, we know this. Um, Isaiah Thomas might be in the big three next year. I'm, I'm calling that one. <laughs> but um, Kemba Walker, like when, when you're that small and you kind of fall off as quickly as small players tend to, it doesn't hit you quite yet. And then you just say, all right, well, I need to get the con- competitive juices out there. I'm going to go play in the big three. Uh, Kawhi Leonard. Ooh, it's interesting. It kind of depends on what happens from here on out. I feel. Yeah, if he if he doesn't retire a Clipper, I don't think he gets one. <sighs> no, I could see him get. I could still see him getting one separate of that, but I think he has to win. I mean, Kawhi is right on the cusp of becoming an iconic, like definitive player of a generation, or at least being in that conversation. And if he won another championship, and he has three with three different teams, I feel like there is just this level of. You know what? That was a bad dude in his day, and he's still out here doing. I don't know. Maybe not. <laughs> no, but like, but I, I, in order to get a, maybe you and I are looking at this from different perspectives. But I think there has to be a legitimate tie from the player to the to the fan base he's retiring with. And if he only yeah. wins one championship with another organization after the Clippers, but Vince Carter is getting a fair. He's kind of getting a farewell. I'm counting him sort of in this one where he's almost a token. Like he's around. Everybody wants to see Vince one yeah. last time, mm-hmm. but he's not with the Raptors. You know, yeah. he's, he's just an icon in, uh, in and of himself. Yeah. A living legend. He gets the living legend status even past his. He's also been in the league long enough to where he gets like the, the way he left Toronto wasn't great. Yeah. Right. For sure. had, <laughs> That's why he can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> had he, had he left, like, had he retired maybe four years ago, I don't think he gets one. But because he's yeah. in there so long and because he's been such a good dude and because, like, it's the opposite of Mello, right? It's He's the other end of that spectrum. He did whatever he could to stick around. He gets one, I think. Blake Griffin? Man, that's tough, but no. He Nobody... was so iconic for a moment. Yeah. You know, for a long moment, actually, I should say. He was iconic. Like, dunk, this dunker, this thing we'd never seen. Yeah. Now he... he's in Detroit. We actually never see him. The Pistons should just sign Timothy Mozgov and have Blake Griffin. Like the farewell tour should just be him dunking on Timothy Mozgov, like city to city. Yeah. The other thing about a farewell tour is nobody wants to go see Blake shoot like jump hooks at 40 years old. They want to see him dunk. And if he can't do that, then it's yeah. like, yeah, it's, there's no, that old feelings night back. Yeah. A- Anthony Davis. Yeah, I think so. he has to retire a Laker though. I think I, I, mm. There's, so maybe know, win one with the Lakers, maybe does something else with his career, then comes back to rekindle that old feeling. Yeah. The other thing, too, is like these guys have to uh, – do you think they have to be interesting off the court to get this? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. That's where Davis might run into some problems. Yeah, He's I agree. trying real hard to be interesting, and boy, he's boring. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Butler. No. <laughs> Big That's team. why he went to Miami. I mean, he basically said, look at how they, Wade got a farewell tour. I'm going to go there. <laughs> Big three. Big three right after this contract. Oh, man, you're right. Jimmy Butler, like, yeah, really getting into the big three. <laughs> I could see that. He's going to push really hard. Like, he's going to start saying that his big three stats and, and the stuff, the resume he builds in the in the big three should count towards his Hall of Fame Hey, I'm buying it for Joe Johnson. 
buying it. <laughs> could Joe, Joe Johnson help a team right now? Do you think? Up. Like, I, what's that? Could Joe Johnson help a team right now? Do you think? Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, like if you just talk about, can he be one of the fifteen best players on a roster? Like the answer is absolutely no doubt about it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that he's like a big piece there. That's you know? incredible. But Joe maybe. Johnson, go get like Joe Johnson is Mister. Give me my money. I'm gonna yeah, go where sure. I can get paid the most. Flat. Paul George. No, he's he runs into. So not only is he not interesting, but he's like actively oh, damaging to his like his person. The more he talks, the worse he starts mm-hmm. to sound like he had that really weird quote. And I don't care about whether or not a player grew up a Laker fan or a Clipper fan. It doesn't matter at all to me. It just doesn't matter. Yeah. But you sound so contrived <laughs> when you try yeah. to play both of those at the same time. <laughs> what are you doing? You know, I, I don't think he has. And. Like he was a he was a pacer, and then he was a, a th- he was a member of the Thunder, and then now he's a Clipper. And you know if he leaves in two years after that because Kawhi pieces out, like then what? He, you know, no thanks. Last one, and I think the most interesting one, Kevin Durant. Man, do do enough people like him? It seems like everybody respects him as this talent. Yeah. But I don't know that there's that many fan bases that are like. But but wouldn't you want to see him? I mean, Kevin Durant, if he's still like, say he's 36, he can still get 40 on any night. Not, he's not getting it a lot, but you never know when he's going to go for 40. Mm-hmm. Maybe you still want to see that one last time. Kevin Durant just always really reminds me of like it. You know, when you're in high school, the football quarterback who is good but a total dweeb. Like yeah. people, people, you know, <laughs> try to talk themselves into, yeah, that guy's cool, man. He's great. Look at, you know, he's, he's got all these things going for him. But then like when they're away from him, you know, uh, it's kind of nice when he isn't around. And I, yeah, I, I feel, yeah. I, I feel like that's where Durant is. Now, if he's, if he spends a good eight years in Brooklyn and really solidifies that and, and all that, maybe you're maybe. wrong on all this. First of all, he will get a farewell tour. In Seattle, the expansion Seattle oh. Sonics, and it'll be the perfect farewell tour. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't count, <laughs> I didn't count the addition of an entire NBA wouldn't franchise. That, wouldn't that be great though? To like, all right, the Sonics are back; tour. they're going to be terrible, but you know what? We got KD's farewell tour. Russ goes back too. Then, ooh, I like this one. Yeah. Oh no, KC doesn't get their farewell tour. <laughs> oh. Honestly, that's what they get for taking the Sonics. Uh, could be. That's what you guys get. I'm sorry, OKC, uh, but that's what you K- get. KD farewell tour in Seattle. I like it. I'm flying up to see a game. Maybe they're in their last game is in OKC. Wait, what? No, no, no. Oh, so they fly. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay, so their yeah. second, so their second to last game. They're, they finished yeah. their careers in Seattle. Their last, last game, the eighty-two, yeah. the eighty-second game of that season is in is in Seattle, but the eighty-first is in OKC. The crowd boos Durant the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, the idiots right. will be in Golden State, and everybody's booing. Yeah. No, <laughs> no. farewell tour is just all the fan bases he's pissed off. <laughs> the perfect scenario. The perfect scenario is him getting this farewell tour, but then Steph announcing it at the same year, oh, and his being completely overshadowed. Oh no! You're right. <laughs> That's how this is going to play out, and then Cleveland fans are going to mock it at every turn. I don't know. I, random question. We'll finish after this. Is there? Have you seen a fan base just have outright disdain for a player the way that Cavs fans seem to for Kevin Durant? I think they deserve. They, they, they. I don't have a problem with it whatsoever. I, I, I'd be pissed. I would hate that Kevin Durant if I was a Cavs fan. 
Um, I I think Cavs fans, in my experience, have a lot of disdain for everything and everyone. So. <laughs> That's just Mort. <laughs> <laughs> Shouts to Cavs fans. They all just threw this this their phones at the wall. They were so mad at this. No, I don't. I don't know. Uh, there's yeah. look, Anthony. The fan bases really love and hate a lot of crazy things without any rhyme or reason. So yeah, I, I listened so. to you talk about Brandon Ingram for four years. So I, you know what? The, <laughs> love is irrational. Love is truly <laughs> irrational. Lakers fans and Paul Pierce is probably close to, to, to Cavs fans and Kevin Durant. That's yeah. probably pretty close. All right. That was fun though. That was fun. What was, the, what was the what was the what was the toughest decision for you there in, in that category in trying to put any of any of these guys in this category? I think I, – I know it's a crazy take, but I think LeBron is going to be a very mixed bag. Obviously, everyone's going to sort of appreciate, but I just can't picture LeBron in any type of minor role. So that means he's yeah. going to be a major piece, and a farewell tour, you're usually not that great. Yeah. Un- unless it's with his if, – if he's playing with his son, yeah. it, then it doesn't matter what city he's in. He doesn't have to do it with Cleveland. He he doesn't have yeah. to do it with the Lakers. He doesn't have that's to do a good it with point. Miami. Oh, that's a great point. If that's he's with point. his son, then 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 you're good. Then there's your, your farewell tour. Yeah, I can't wait for the Brandon Ingram farewell tour though. That'll be fun. <laughs> it's about two years away, so you won't have to wait long. <laughs> We're gonna go after this. Adam just murdered Brandon Ingram. Have a great have a great weekend, everybody. Thank you very much for tuning into this episode and this week's episodes of the Lockdown NBA podcast. This was a lot of fun. Make sure you guys are checking out all of our, our offerings. Football is getting ready to go. So check out your local team, local experts on your stories there the way you want to hear them. Uh, you have fantasy football that's coming around the corner. You have baseball is, is you know, we probably have like three years left of this season. But you know what? You can still get invested in your team through Locked On Podcast. So have a great weekend. We'll talk to you guys next week.